0: What's up, everybody? Jason with the Louisiana HR Podcast, where we are sharing insights from Louisiana's top HR leaders and influencers. And I am excited to bring you today's episode as we sit down with Bill Bush from Horizon Financial Group. We talk about all things financial wellness, not only for you as an individual, but for organizations. And he certainly comes with a ton of knowledge and experience leading the group and I am excited to share with you as we talk about all things financial wellness and how you can achieve that for yourself and for an organization. So without further ado, give us a listen, check it out, and let us know what you think. Thanks. Okay, anytime. Welcome everybody to the Louisiana HR Podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. I have a fantastic guest. Bill is with Horizon Financial Group and is going to be bringing a ton of insights today. I've had the opportunity to get to know Bill pretty well here and really look forward to our conversation. So Bill, thanks for joining us. Jason, man, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Likewise. So I'm going to jump right in. So, mm-hmm. you know, today we want to talk about, there's so many different things when it comes to HR and what a human resources is tasked with. Certainly we've seen in 2020 a big shift on what those responsibilities look like. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly a top priority for any organization, whether you have a dedicated team or you you're handling those things yourself. And so I want to hear your perspective when it comes to the 401k to the retirement aspect of it. You certainly have such great insights that I'm sure you can share here with us. And so I want to jump right in. We were having a conversation earlier about eligibility mm-hmm. and we were talking about what as an organization should you be allowing your employees at what stage to get involved? Yeah. And you had some great things. So let's jump right into it with it. Yeah. And
1: I, I think a lot of things that really need to, to come to mind is, is your plan designed the way you intend it to be, the way that benefits the employees and the employer. So the things we're going to be talking about are kind of based in your adoption agreement or what's called your plan document, you know, and eligibility is a big thing there, especially when you're looking at how do you compete, especially with other businesses, you know, your competitors, how does your Mm. benefit package size up to them? So The common one we see is you have to work here a year and you have to be 21 years of age. And that was kind of like the default that was set. You know, you can't be any more exclusive than that. Meaning you can't say you have to be 30 and be here 20 years before. So 21 in one year kind of became the default, but. You know what happens is if you get in a competitive situation and you want to bring an employee on and let's say they don't want to sit out for a year and so what we've seen changes in plan design and this is a good one to look at is at the minimum hey why not let that employee be eligible to put their own dollars in in a shorter time frame so maybe after they've been employed either a few months or a quarter or half a year or maybe even immediately you can defer your own dollars if you're an employee and then maybe down the line the employer contribution kicks in we've seen plans like that where an employee can be hired after a month they're eligible start putting in their own dollars after a year they're eligible for a safe harbor match or whatever from mm-hmm. the company plan design like that might be uh, a little more attractive because I think some employees, when they're looking at a particular position, they're not looking at just salary and maybe health care benefits. They're also looking at the 401k. And is this plan going to make me sit in the penalty box, you know, for a year where I can't defer anything into the plan? Well, sure, they could probably go out and do an IRA on their own. Those limits are lower. So if it's somebody that's a pretty high earner, decent wage earner that wanted to put more than the six or seven thousand dollars allowed for that year the 401k would be a great place to do it you know and mm. so plan design really look at your eligibility and don't think that by the way whatever it initially how it was drawn up don't think you're stuck with that
0: mm. that's a great point and yeah. i think it's interesting you shared you even look at like what's happening in the marketplace where you have the millennial generation mm-hmm. which is going to be the largest workforce here in the next five years yeah and and how when you are recruiting from that demographic, how they're looking at everything from more than just what the compensation is, but they're looking at, you know, yeah. what is work-life balance and What is the retirement? and What are my benefits? And all of those things are being lumped in and becoming so much more crucial than probably mm-hmm. they even have been in the past.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is depending on the sector that particular business may be in, that age of 21, we have seen plans that become less restrictive. Like we hire a lot of people maybe that are college-aged or maybe that have gone through a trade school that are below 21, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're working for us, let's lower that. So it doesn't have to be 21. It's just 21 was kind of the default. You can't be more restrictive than that. Right.
0: Well, you also said earlier as well about making changes. I think that Mm you were talking about historically where we've been that you would still see some plans that would have one or two changes allowed. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that evolution and what you're seeing. Sure. So what we're talking about is how often the employee
1: can change their contribution. So the way some plans may have been set up years ago is yeah you can initially elect it when you enroll And then you have January 1st or July 1st to make a change in your contribution. Now you could drop to zero in any plan at any time. That's just kind of the rule. But what I'm concerned and thinking about is how often can you up your contribution or maybe if you need to, for whatever, decrease it by a certain amount. And that's important because employees look at their household budget and look at expenses. And as the year unfolds, let's say you got a car payment and those are five or 600 bucks, right? and you make that final car payment in April, why do I want to wait till January to up my contribution? I want to start saving more for retirement, you know? And so you think about that is what opportunity are we giving that employee to make progress in their savings? Are we kind of saying, yeah, administratively, we're not worried about that. You can only do it once a year or twice a year. So what we've seen in plan design there, and I think the payroll providers, by the way, have helped out with this, mm-hmm. where you have integration, a lot of plans now allow an employee to change any pay period, you right. know, anytime essentially throughout the year. But even then, if if you don't have that, we're seeing quarterly or monthly changes being allowed and I think that's enough flexibility Mm -hmm. to where most folks as they're going through the year and their financial situation changes and needed to make a change or wanted to make more progress they could do that right
0: right well I think it's interesting I mean you mentioned that and I think that's so valid I'm just even talking personally I mean we you know, you hear a lot about what certain range that you want to have, and and you know whether it's ten percent, fifteen percent of what you're putting towards retirement mm-hmm. to make sure that you're prepared when that age comes. We were talking earlier about yeah. how many people are projecting to delay retirement, yes, right? and because you're not allocating enough. So I think you make a great point by providing more flexibility to make those changes is going to affect not only the individual, but it affects the organization, affects everybody in a positive way by allowing that flexibility. I think it's a great share. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: you know, and I think a couple other things you you need to kind of look at that maybe that have changed or more of a trend is the auto enrollment feature Mm. so basically someone once they meet eligibility they're automatically enrolled they would have to negatively elect or negatively opt out and so that's really fighting you know the inertia to actually join a plan you're actually helping an employee out right by having an automatic enrollment feature some plans have auto escalation where You have to opt out of that as well. So where you can enter the plan at, say, 6% of your salary and every year it's going to bump up unless the employee decides to change that. Mm -hmm. So those are plan design things that, Mm -hmm. again, ultimately could benefit the
0: employee. I love it. I love it. So the other thing that we mentioned is you talked about in employer contribution. Yeah, I think that's, it's just ties in so perfectly. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, when an employee looks at their total compensation package, you know, they're looking at more than salary and they're looking at healthcare and they're looking at, okay, 401k plan. Well, what is the contribution there? And so there are safe Harbor plans and there's what's called a non-elective safe Harbor plan where you're given basically everybody 3%, whether they put any money in or not, you have safe Harbor matches where they're matching up to a certain percent. Usually that's, 100% up to 4% of what the employee's salary is. As long as they're contributing, they're getting that match. And those safe harbor contributions basically do away with that highly comp testing, the ADP and ACP testing. So Mm. those satisfy the requirement to where you don't have to do those tests. Because if you fail those tests, you know, there are fixes for that. But ultimately, some of the higher comp folks may have to get a refund back at the end of the year, or you have to make a contribution to everybody. Mm. So those are the safe harbors. What we're finding too is like some employers are doing what's called a stretch match. So basically to get the full match, whereas before you may have seen, hey, we're going to do 50% of 4% of your salary. As long as you put in four, we'll match 50% of that. Or we'll match 50% if you do six. We're seeing some of our plans stretch that out and saying, we'll match you 50% up to 10. Well, to get the full match, the employee has to do all the way up to 10. Right. It stretches them out. And maybe that's a good way for the employee to set the goal of reaching that and maximizing you know, that match opportunity. Because again, you want the plan, ultimately to benefit the employee you know you want those employees to be happy and know that they're saving for dollars and that something will be there for them when they get to retirement and that's a good way behaviorally to make that happen
0: right well and i think it ties into so many different things you were we were talking about it just earlier as well the the holistic approach towards an employee you were talking Mm. about the eligibility and how it affects your ability to stay competitive in a marketplace Mm -hmm. i think this ties in directly to it as well by if yeah. not only are you you're offering a more a contribution in a match that's gonna be able to attract certain talent, but I think it also puts walls around that employee, right? And it allows them to retain them. And on top of that as a benefit, you're now creating incentives to have financial wellness for that employee long term. So yeah talked about the delaying of retirement, all these things tying together, sure. I think creates a really great a holistic approach towards think it. So, fantastic. yeah, and I, th- I think
1: that's true. And I think in each industry, you kind of need to go out there and ask, you know, mm. what are other companies similar to mine doing? Right. And, you know, sometimes you're able to get that information and how you get that information is up to you, but, uh, <laughs> right. But no, just, you know, ask those questions for maybe others that are in the industry. What is your company doing for the match? Now, some may not tell you some might, but right. the idea is to make sure, you know, you're being competitive, that yep. that
0: is another thing that would attract a potential employee and keep that employee. Yep. I love it. Great points. What would you have, any recommendations, just from a broad standpoint, for somebody who's looking at this and has questions? What are some advice you'd give?
1: Yeah, I would say, number one, look at your plan document and know what it really says and what the parameters are, and then revisit that. If it's not meeting your needs, those things can be changed, usually on an annual basis. Typically, you involve a third-party administrator who kind of handles that and does the plan design around that. But revisit that plan document and know that whatever you initially elected, you probably can change that and make it a better fit. And then the other thing just around the plan in general is it's good practice to have an annual plan review. That's usually done with your advisor and certainly the TPA could be involved in that. That's looking at all the features of the plan. It's looking at the investments to make sure you're meeting your fiduciary duty that those investments are at least competitive with their peer class. You wanna make sure that you've met your fiduciary duty there. Certainly offering education opportunities to the employees. That's another part of the fiduciary duty of making sure they have access to make informed decisions. You know, we like to go out in certain plans quarterly to do presentations. It varies between company to company, how you deliver that education, whether it's in person or online or or however, but be cognizant of that. And then the final thing I would say is just every three years or so, you really want to kind of do a deeper dive into your plan and look at your pricing. Because as plans grow, you might be able to lock in some favorable pricing, whether it's on the provider side, the record keeper, or the funds themselves. And that's kind of a service we can do, but
0: certainly something that should be done, I would say, every three years. I love it. For those who uh, have questions, want to get in touch and get more information, what's the best way to do that? Yeah,
1: great. Uh, They can reach out to us here at Horizon Financial Group. You can find us on the web at www.horizonfg.com. My email is bbush at horizonfg.com. Our, our number in Baton Rouge, 225-612-3820. And, you know, we service plans all throughout Louisiana and even further out the borders than that. Some folks have operations all across the country. And that's the great thing about the climate we live in now. You know, you're not locked into just servicing folks right down the street. We're able to do that wherever.
0: Yeah, I love it. Bill, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. And uh, as always, appreciate your insight as well. Yeah,
1: you bet, man. Enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, thanks.